Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. always get nervous before a live episode oh I know it's like we're sitting on a stage I know. <laughs> raw and uncut just who we are yeah this is who we are unmediated yeah which I I really learned in the back of the car as we drove back from my bachelorette what it is to mediate us and how many ums you take out oh when I when we were editing together yes yeah it was the most wholesome backseat I've ever been in I know I was really taking you through like frame by frame, frame, bar, by, frame. by bar yeah like this is the waveform. This is what it looks like when there's an arm. And I just, Delete I just blitz all of those babies out of there. Which is why we sound like philosophers and academics on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do get that feedback a lot. Everyone's like, okay, smart cookies. And I'm like, do you not know? No makeup today. Yeah. Oh, makeup free. <laughs> makeup free. Five facials that week. That's what it looks like for us. We're lying. We're lying to the people. But here we are. Not lying. Honest. Today? Yes. Word of the day? Honesty. Mm -hmm. No <laughs> verbal catfishing. No, 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 no. How are you? We're coming off the biggest <laughs> week of our entire lives. No, truly, truly, truly. It may seem a little bit old news for, for those of you who know us, who love us, who listen to us talk all the time. But my God, it has been back to back to back. I mean, where do we start? Do you want to start? I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've, and I feel like it's come up in a few episodes recently, how we've been traveling nonstop. There've been events nonstop. It's been the narrative arc of the podcast. Yeah. Both our travel, but specifically your wedding festivities. Exactly. Which I have front loaded the year before the wedding so that it can be complete and total relaxation until the wedding. And today, as I sit here in front of you, today is the end of the road for me with all of those. All of the travel I have in the future is someone else's responsibility. Yes. I'm going, I'm attending someone else's wedding. I'm going to see someone on their home turf. And I am no longer responsible for anything. Well, you're not the center of attention. No. And thank God for that. Does that feel good? Yes. Very good. Very well, good. What was it like to bring everyone together, but also be like on? Okay. I felt really at ease because the people that I brought together are all of my dearest and closest friends, people I feel safe being normal around or me around. I think it would have been a lot if I had different friends, for one, who weren't so loving and giving and handled everything for me. I've never, I am the planner, usually of the group. And so it was a completely new experience to have other people clean up, other people plan the days, to have other people make the menus and the food and make sure that everything was there to arrive to the home that we stayed in in Truckee with a fridge fully stocked decorations up was insane. It yeah. was so moving. Glass of champagne on arrival. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I've know. never, I've never in my life experienced anything like that. And you know, they're all listening right now. Hi I guys. Know. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi guys. You Thank gave you me the so weekend much. of my life. So it felt good in that way. I, I, 
being the center of attention does not come naturally to me, but I think that everyone made it easy. Everyone made it easy on you me. You really leaned into the role, though. I have to admit, it was probably like photo shoot number 65. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, I also just think it's so funny of like, let's get this girl married is like one of the funniest sentences in the English language. And I fully want to lean into that, I feel, for the year that I have it. No, I'm obsessed with that. I did bring this up on The Bachelorette, but there was this one moment where we were shopping. <laughs> you said, wow, you're pulling a lot of white dresses. I and I was like, well, it is the middle of summer and it is a color that reflects the light and keeps me cool. Is that okay? Um, Just for my backyard barbecue. That's not okay. That's not okay. No, that was the ongoing bit, the final day of The Bachelorette. We're all cleaning up in the kitchen. People are doing dishes. People are packing their bags. Everyone's tired, hungover from our wild night out at a local local dive bar in Truckee and I was speaking and I realized that no one was listening to me I was like cracking joke after joke and no one was listening and I was like I I feel the power draining from my body it's it's coming to a close oh yeah some people ventured to wear and how dare they ventured to wear white t-shirts on their last day I know <laughs> I should have burned them all in the backyard <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so yeah I'm coming off the back of that and I do have to tell you that you gave me the greatest gift of all oh, at this no. bachelorette this is my inspiration <laughs> for the week it ties it all together it ties it all together okay okay one of the evenings Beatrice led a line dancing workshop we learned a little eight step routine all all the girls just Figuring it out. It was rough at the beginning, but honestly, towards the end, we got it. And there is a tender, tender video of us leaving like getaway car style as everyone is line dancing outside in the middle of the road. Um, It's beyond it's almost like a caricature of a human experience. Last night, let me set the scene for you. I go to Stud Country, a queer line dancing happens every Thursday in Los Angeles we are there. I'm watching. It's incredible to watch these people line dance. We decide like, okay, it's getting late. We have to leave. We walk out of the bar and we hear Shivers by Ed Sheeran. Come on. <gasps> no. We run back into the Who bar. Who was there? Who was there? My baby sister yeah. on their 21st birthday. Yeah, this is the whole reason for the event. Yeah, and my little sister. Um, my So yeah, two little sisters, both there. Beatrice had taught us both to dance this weekend. It was just the three of you? It was just the three of us. And then Laura, sweet friend, sweet. Laura, Laura came. Yep. Praying for COVID recovery. Did not arrive to the bar with COVID. Had COVID last week, which was a devastation. But um, just came to like stop through and watched us perform this dance. <gasps> it was... I've never felt anything like it. The whole time I had been watching these line dancers and one feeling like this is my new hobby I have to get so good at it I am completely obsessed it hoodwinks all of us oh my god we have to go there promptly like not next week because you're traveling but as soon as possible um and we did it we performed the dance we remembered it we performed it we did it in a crowd in the center people yeehawing around us it was electric I've never experienced anything like it so you gave us that And we were all like, I cannot believe we almost left. We like we heard it as we were walking down the street and we ran back to the bar. What time of night was it? 1130. No. Yes. You were really on your last leg. We were. Yeah, we were like, we're going to go. Like, this was so, so fun. We learned a few dances and we're on our way. And then the one played that we could actually really nail. And we did. We nailed it. We gave it our all. It's also an iconic dance, and I will teach you all. We'll post a video to Honestly, the yeah, page, we a tutorial step-by-step. Step. Uh, but it's one of those line dances that is applicable to almost any song and any beat. Like, you could put Katy Perry's Fireworks under there. You could put Travis Scott's Goosebumps, and you are delivering on the line dance. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know how how those those country kids came up with it. I know. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. 
Um, so yeah, so that was the night of my life. And with that, my sisters left to the airport this morning and now I am free. I'm free. I, I don't think I've ever told you the story just quickly on this, on the subject of line dancing. When I lived in San Diego, have I told you? No, you haven't. I can't, you cannot tell me fast enough. Okay. When I lived in San Diego, there is a famous, a bar called Moonshine. It's a line dancing, line dancing bar. There's one in the central city. There's one in the beach town. I lived like a five minute cycle from there and i used to go with my friend miles and we used to watch he loved it he was actually quite good i was totally enamored because these girls in tiny little booty shorts a little crop top a little cowboy hat doing these dances looking bored as hell i thought i've never seen anything hotter in my no, entire it's the board it's the like i yeah i, I could do this could, in my sleep it's like breathing. Yeah. yes i on a whim emailed them and i said like hello here, this is me here's a photo of me oh my god i want to be one of the girls of course they came back immediately and said hi beatrice yes come by and have an audition i said nothing i didn't reply i was too, oh. I was too nervous <laughs> but oh, that what was, could have been what could have been that was my brush with fate your fork in the road yeah it really was and i just pussied out oh my god well, you're about to pussy back in because we're going. <laughs> I'm pussing all the way back yeah. in. Yeah. Um, my inspiration comes very close to yours. Mine's a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. um, we had a really beautiful moment that you instigated at your bachelorette, which all of us, I admittedly, I think were dreading. You told everyone to go around and give a like a speech or a toast about what love means to them or like a memory to do with love. And me, eternal skeptic, was like, oh, my God, I did not want to do this. And uh, we all sat down. It was very seance-like energy in this old Victorian-style manner. And um, there were lots of different loves that were addressed. Parental love, platonic love. Uh, a few people touched on romantic love. Mine was more specifically kind of about self-love and how that intersected with romantic love. And I ended up telling my dad about it. And dad was like, wow, sounds really like deep for a bachelorette. I was like, tell me about it, papa. <laughs> but, uh, but it was such a special and magical moment. And what I took away from it primarily was that oh my god the vocabulary of your friends is out of this freaking world Aww. it actually <laughs> made me feel sick on a lot of <laughs> on a few different levels um it was so impressive such a smart group of girls but also just really thoughtful and uh motive and it really set us up i think for the whole weekend in the sense of it wasn't like a woo woo like shots shots type of an event it was much more so um it was just really introspective and really beautiful and I think we all learn a lot about each other really quickly but also about ourselves I took away really what I said and like brought it into therapy this week which is interesting. oh my god um but no it was just incredible and I think I kind of have a dual inspiration in the sense of the next day and again this is a flow on we went into aura readings. <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> of course we did. And uh, this was also a real turning point, I think, for most people there because some had really in-depth, beautiful, um, pure and very revelatory readings, right? Like some people were told, you know, about their relationships with their mothers and 
how to move forward in those kind of more problematic, like complicated moments. Um, other people, I think, like learn a lot about themselves in the sense of past lives mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I had a different experience that I, in hindsight, am totally obsessed with. And I'm now thinking about more and more. Which I've been thinking about it too. Wait, you're, you're reading. I've been thinking about your reading more and more. What have you been thinking? Just, just the simplicity of it. The simplicity of it, which I think was so perfect. Like there were two women who were conducting these readings. One was kind of older, definitely had a more spiritual vibe in the way that you would probably think of like a traditional psychic, Mm -hmm. like very woo woo, like let's sit down and really get into it. The other was like, kind of like boob job, lip fillers, like do, 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 do on Instagram, citing the fact that she'd been to Harvard, Stanford, like UC Berkeley, like all these insane schools. And I was like, who is this woman? I don't know, but I'm intrigued by her. I don't think I can handle the the tough love of the woo woo psychic. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to go in the other direction. And my God, what an interesting experience. I sat down and I didn't get a whole lot. I, <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot. And that was kind of exactly what I needed. The the like the major takeaway was um the sense of like inner magic. She brought up a lot. She just said, like, where is all this fairy energy coming from? And I said, <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh beats me <laughs> no idea and that was really the entirety of like the seven minutes other people yourself included had these like i guess 45 minute exodus yeah of emotions and um and it really reached a point for me where i said any any conflict anything to report and she went like I don't know, like, what about, what about you? What are you thinking about? And coming off the, off the back of that, and I think I, I treated it a little facetiously at the time. Like I laughed and I chuckled, but I'm really like, you know what? I think there is some fairy energy deep within. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm going to, and I mean, I did write it off at the time as having long red hair and sitting in a garden. And honestly, that gives... It contributed. It contributed. It could have contributed. Yes. There, we cannot discount the aesthetics <laughs> yeah. in this situation. But you know what? There, There's something there. Oh, yeah. There's something there. And I, and that really is going to stay with me. I'm going to take it as fact, as doctrine from here on out, and just tell everyone I know. Yeah. So, Flit from leaf to leaf <laughs> from here on out. No, and your toast was so beautiful. The, I, 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 no one had talked about self-love before you. And then it... It was such a beautiful, it like didn't occur to me at the time. It was so special. It was so, so special. And I am so indebted to everyone for being down because everyone was fully dreading it. Yeah. Yeah. The self-love thing is interesting because I think that's the one relationship that we literally can't escape. Yep. It's the one you're stuck with you. Mm -hmm. And it's the biggest work in progress, I think. And I think that people, that's the one that no one thinks about how you have to work on it because Mm -hmm. it's one that you can easily just like go on. But if you don't work on it, then it starts to affect all the other loves in your life, whether it's your friends, your relationship, it, it, it touches all of those. For sure. And it's not self-care. And I think that's a really important distinction. It's, it's like showing up for you and curbing negative self-talk, which is for me, I think one of my biggest like issues is um, catching negative self-talk and then subverting it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of someone who has absolutely never talked negatively to himself in his life. Oh my God. Miles Teller, baby. Oh, this is such a fun one. I can't wait to get my little hands into this one sink sink those little paws (laughs) what a profile so i want to 
be honest. Yeah. I discovered this not by knowing of it at the time. Like it wasn't famous to me at the time. I think I must have been 21 when this came out. But more recently, I stumbled across a New York Times article. I'm going to read you the title because I think you'll find it interesting. From Hemingway to Miles Teller, a brief history of the tough celebrity profile. Mm, Love it. It begins, one can imagine the gatekeepers of Hollywood emailing the September Esquire cover article about the actor Miles Teller to their clients with a cautionary warning. This is what happens when you run your mouth to a reporter. Yep. That's the setup. That is the setup. This is what happens when you do it. (laughs) It is um, August 2015. This is the cover of Esquire by Anna Peel. The headline reads, Miles Teller is young, talented, and doesn't give a rat's ass what you think. The subhead goes, our latest cover star is on a quest for greatness. Sometimes that can involve a bit of dickishness, too. Fab. Imagine seeing the word dickishness. Straight up top. Straight up top. In print, too. In this print. Came out in print. In relation to you. Yeah. Like, that is the, that's the adjoining word. Okay. How do you feel about Miles Teller? Prior to reading this, let's say. my The majority of my relationship with Miles Teller revolves around the fact that he is my sister's celebrity crush. She mm. loves a man who can dance. He is famously one of the few. Truly. On planet truly, Earth. Truly, truly, truly. Uh, straight men who can boogie and shimmy. Speaking of line dancing, wow. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all there. It's featured in his profile. <laughs> it comes, it'll, we'll come back to that we'll get, later. <laughs> we'll put a little pin in that one because we're coming back around. Uh, but no, my sister absolutely loves him and finds him super hot i feel totally ambivalent how about you i don't feel hot or not hot i feel nothing this is not my kind of man this is not the kind of man that i'm i'm double taking at any given point and i i can understand i have respect for the way that women responded to the to his appearance in top gun that came out in 2022 yeah the tan the the tan the muscles the mustache i understand i get it i'm not blind obviously but i again not my kind of man not my kind of man. Why not? I just, it's so crazy to say, but too big. <laughs> too big? I think like, he's just too, he seems. Too buff? Too buff? Or just like. He only got buff for that movie. He was quite skinny for a long time, I guess I he was. But he just, it's maybe get, too, no, big. I stand by big, like big, too big of big, a personality. Big, 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 like big ego, big body. I don't know. All of it, like too big. And I think that was the problem with this profile from his perspective is that he was very much perceived in the wake of this as frat boy, mm-hmm. yikes. And he does not align with that, does not align with that narrative. But yeah, he is very, <sighs> I saw him in Whiplash. I loved him in that. Yeah. I think that he's just a guy. I think so too. I think he's just a guy. And oftentimes a guy's guy like this, Mm. just not interesting. Just not interesting. Doesn't spin your wheels. Some of the anecdotes he tells are just anecdotes that guys would tell other guys after the after the sun goes down. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he has any female friends because I feel like no one has really curbed this enthusiasm. Of like, we don't want to hear yeah, about yeah, your yeah. beard tattoo. Yes. We just don't. That's not, it's fine. Yeah, that you got with your buddies at 2 a.m. Yeah. Totally. That story told once, well, okay, totally. Do you know what's so funny? I didn't even include that story in my notes. Wow. It didn't even yeah, feel of relevant. Course, because I was why like, I don't want to hear about you? it. Yeah, for context, he has... A 32 tattoo on his arm 
um, because him and his high school friends would get 32 ounce beers because 40s were not available where he grew up in Florida. That's the entire story. That's the whole story. I also, whole think, story. <laughs> I also think tattoo meanings are up there with dreams where it's like they should never be discussed. I don't ever want to hear about it. It's either pretty or it's not pretty. And then we just keep it moving. I agree more and more. And when people ask me what things mean. Oh, isn't it the worst it's question? It's the worst question in the world. <laughs> what does this side profile butterfly on my hip mean? <laughs> I, what does this tiny little butterfly on my arm mean? Fairy energy. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it does you found me. And maybe that's what it is. Purpose. You found it. Well, this profile is short, but not sweet. It is, in fact, very, very spicy. Spicy enough to, as mentioned, elicit like worldwide news coverage yeah. it's written by anna peel who i think at the time was on staff at esquire now she seems more freelance-esque although she is like the acting temporary senior editor at billboard and i think the deputy music editor of rolling stone both, both like temporary editing roles but she's kind of our modern day profile writer that we've been waiting for in many ways i love her work i love her work she knows how to be funny without making it Oh, it's too much. No, it's super comprehensible. Like it's very coherent. You know exactly what she means at all times. And she has a voice. Oh, she does have a voice. Does she have a voice? And it'll come through. It'll (laughs) ring out (laughs) at various points. It's a foghorn of a voice, I would say. Yeah. In the best way. But recently, I mean, look, she's profiled Eugene Levy, Brian Cranston. Um, Her bio actually reads cover stories of Dr. Anthony Fauci. It is Fauci. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Italian. And Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. Gillibrand? Gillibrand. Gillibrand. Uh, that one I don't know. I think it's I've Gillibrand. never said these names out loud, I don't yeah. think. Which really says a lot about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and on the live show, no less. <laughs> Admin reveal. <laughs> We're not political. For the Washington Post magazine, uh, an investigation of Bravo's moral evolution for New York magazine, which I actually do want to read. Oh, yeah. And she did one on Love Island, too. Yes. Yeah. The the suicides that rocked reality series Love Island for Vanity Fair, which I think I did see at the time. And mm-hmm. it was incredible. But yeah, I mean, look, her her roll call is unreal. It's like Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Coolidge. These are all people that she's been in proximity with. But before we get into Anna Peel's absolute assessment of Miles Teller, let's take you back to 2015. Mm. It is the year of hotline bling. <laughs> Drake is out here with his little flashing colors and his wool turtleneck sweater, and he is just jiving. He's jiving. <laughs> We're two, uh, two years away from Trump, and life seemed pretty good in like a very slow, sleepy way. Yeah. This was the year of Amy Schumer. She was coming off <laughs> an absolute crusade against the patriarchy with um, viral sketches like Girls You Don't Need Makeup and Last Fuckable Day. Do you remember that? Oh, she really yeah. It was good. It was good. Oh, my good. God. Um, and then she released Trainwreck right. this year. Yes. Which really, I think, took her from like Comedy Central, Girl About Town, Girl Du Jour mm-hmm. to Household Name. Uh, Taylor Swift was on tour this summer with oh, yes. 1989 World Tour. We know about that. We know, we know about that. <laughs> we know all about Taylor Swift, not only from our episode, but the fact that ding, we, ding, just, we just saw her. We saw her this week. It was incredible. The end of the era's tour. Yeah, we saw their third to last night of the US leg. Yeah. And she announced that she the next album is 1989. I know. 
Wow. Too serendipitous. Um, but she brought out the likes of Justin Timberlake, Selena Gomez, John Legend, Mick Jagger, all on this tour. So it was just, it really went down in history as one of like the the big ones. Caitlyn Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair. Was that 2015? 2015. Wow. Kendall and Gigi also made their Victoria's Secret runway debut, which apples and oranges, is apples and oranges the same or the different? The different. The different. Apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, mandarins and oranges yeah <laughs> yeah totally comparable so. yeah in terms of career highlights i agree <laughs> uh mad men ended and hamilton began mm. setting broadway alight zane left one direction and finally is it blue or is it black um oh the white God. and gold slash blue black dress which nobody could get a grip on yeah we what? lost our damn minds that day. What did, what did you say? Gold and white. Same. Yeah. Didn't everyone? Didn't everyone? I think everyone did. All, only special people saw black and blue. Yeah. I feel like those were also the people that were like, my cousin is Britney Spears. Yes. You know? It's sort of like, is she? Is she your cousin? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, Miles at this point in time was... Do the math. Eight years ago, oh, twenty-eight. Okay, which is my age. A peer. And yep, a peer for me, and I feel qualified in that. Just, just totally <laughs> disparage him. Yeah, I think that that's fine. I think that that's fine. He is. He is my equal. Um, he had at this point appeared in like a ton of short films, and then made his major like starring role debut in Rabbit Hole, for which he was handpicked by Nicole Kidman for. Wow, crazy. Big compliment. Huge compliment. Uh, he'd also starred in the stage musical Footloose in high school and then appeared in the 2011 remake. I saw it. I saw that film. He's a good dancer. He's famously a good yeah. dancer. Yeah. Which Alex- I do have to... That, I can put some respect on his, on his name. Alex Hazelhurst, if you're listening, I have said he is a good dancer. Mm-hmm. There you go. There we go. That's my saving grace. <laughs> uh, he was also in The Spectacular Now opposite Shailene Woodley. Do I you remember saw. this? Yes, I did. I saw it in theaters with my high school boyfriend. Big day for me. You Big saw day. it in yeah, theaters? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. There was a little indie movie theater in my house. And okay, let me just take a moment. Why is no one ever talking about The Secret Life of the American Teenager that starred Shailene Woodley? And I forget her name. Serena Gomez's friends, kidney friend. Francesca Reza. Reza. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That show completely swept under the rug. We're all talking about the OC. We're never talking about that. Um, mostly because it was bad, probably. Yeah, it was quite bad. It was quite bad. <laughs> but the spectacular now was a big moment for me. Yeah, it was very Nicholas Sparks esque teen yeah. drama. Yes. And very like Palo Alto, if you saw that movie. The Jan- yeah. Yes. Which era. I can never forget. Emma Roberts and James Franco. I know. That's a real cool memory for me. And I can't really put my finger on why. I don't know. There was just something about that era of teen movies where. You know, there were the teen movies of the Ferris Bueller's that it's sort of like it's silly to be a teen. I feel like our era was like it's actually the most artistic thing in the world to be a teen. Absolutely. Lady and that's Bird. what it was. Lady yep. Bird. Yep. Yep. Spectacular yep. Now. Palo Alto. All of those things are sort of in that vein, I would say. What a great hot take. Thank I you. I thought about that. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but Miles Teller was for years, I think, cast as like the lovable douchebag best friend in like a slew of movies, 21 and over, uh, Two Night Stand, Project X. And then that awkward moment, which was also known as Are We Officially Dating in Australia, Indonesia and New Zealand? <gasps> that is how I know it. Oh, or you could call it the Zac Efron movie that became every woman in a situationship's nightmare. Yeah. It really highlighted oh this my God. point in I time. I completely forgot terrible, about that. Terrible, terrible. Did absolutely nothing for casual dating. Yeah. 
Um, and at this point in his career, he's coming off Whiplash, which was the Damien Chazelle movie. Damien Chazelle's very like entry point, entree to uh, cinema. Yeah, it really is. It's sort of like, what's a movie? Here's one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, basically about a jazz drummer and his, and his music teacher and was nominated for Best Picture. So he really walked into like a, a seminal hit when yeah. that movie came out. It's a big, and that was a big deal. He was very good in it, as was J.K. Simmons. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I've interviewed J.K. Simmons and there's no one I love more on the planet. Oh my God. Nice, nice man. Of course. No surprises there at all. Incredible, incredible man. Oh. No airs whatsoever. Oh my God. So sweet. But at this point in time, he is in the Divergent series, again, opposite Shailene Woodley. And he's about to star in the new Fantastic Four, which I didn't see. And I don't think anyone else did. No, I did not. Bombed at the box office. Bombed. It made like 26 million, Mm -hmm. which, yeah pennies to us <laughs> when i hear that i think ugh, ugh nothing sad you can't even save with that amount no absolutely not what does that get you with these <laughs> not a pint of milk <laughs> and here we are we've arrived at the profile one that i'm not sure you i or any of our listeners are ready for it is crazy it opens thus you're sitting across from miles teller at the Luminary Restaurant in Atlanta and trying to figure out if he's a dick. Strong. I'm just, I'm sitting in the silence. No, of course. Of course. Pull one out. (laughs) Of course. You've just told him by way of making conversation that according to legend, the champagne coupe, 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 in your hand is shaped like Marie Antoinette's left breast. And he tells you the highball glass is modeled after his cock. Then he tells the waitress the same thing. (laughs) unbelievable again there's really nothing to say or be said it just hangs yeah no pun intended (laughs) the thing about this is there is actually very little editorializing here there's no editorializing is just saying the events of the day as they happen in the way that she would write them if she was writing a police report that's exactly right it's not even a diary it's not even like this is how it made me feel no there is nothing. <laughs> I said this. He decided to say this. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow. Gr- yeah. And in that way, it's like, what can be, how can she be torn down? She is just reporting the facts as it, they were told to her. It really reads like a transcription of a date. Yes. When you call your friend and you're like, oh my God, let me tell you. This and then this. This, this, this and this. I want to, before we move forward, I had a question for you that I yeah. want to just kick off with. Um it was briefly touched upon this past weekend, but I am interested in the setting, if you will revisit. Of course. Just like a key ick in general or specifically on a date that you've experienced, has it been something that has put you off almost immediately a la my hypoglass glasses modeled after this cock? Um, I, I did go on a few dates where a huge topic of conversation was the man's high school girlfriend um i think and i figured it out my ick is when i'm when you're with a man and he feels safe enough to tell you about how crazy another girl is Mm. and in that moment i am just leaving my body i'm i'm gone i'm not there anymore because you've made a huge error in doing this i'm not a safe audience for this and i actually will probably automatically take her side and then what where can we go from there You've just told me your high school ex-girlfriend was crazy. There's not. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Except to college. Yeah. I know. 
So that is one of my icks, I think, for sure. What about yours? That's a valid ick. The ick for me that springs to mind is actually, um, I mean, it was a series of icks that put me in this this kind of mindset of like, this is a terrible date. Uh, he mentioned how often he sends back food. And I <gasps> didn't align with that. Oh, my God. He was like, do you need to send this back? Because I send back food constantly. Like, <laughs> any t- tepid temperature, it's going back in the kitchen. I was like, okay. Um, but I've upon- never done it. <laughs> I know. I've never done it. Uh, but upon leaving, we were strolling down the New York City streets on a cool Brooklyn night, and he lit a cigarette. Smoking has also become an ick for me as mm-hmm. time has gone on. I just hate the smell, like hate. Uh, but he started smoking, and then he was like, will you hold my cigarette for one second? And I was like, for sure. For what reason? Unknown. As I was holding his cigarette, then he went to kiss me which I thought was totally inadvised. For one, the cigarette was burning my fingers. Yeah, you're going to set him aflame. You're going to set you both aflame. For sure, there was no like active consent. It didn't feel like the moment. There was no romance or swelling of music. It really just was, hey, can you hold my cigarette? Oh, no. No. It was bad. And that that ick has stayed with me. It's the ick that's echoed across many years of my life that I, it feels like i was there that's like something that you would witness from down the street and go oh no no no, no it's what would come on in a movie and you'd just be like mute yeah like mm-hmm. or, or can't like do this 15 second skip like can't handle that not was today really... vampire diaries <laughs> <laughs> it's true you were not throwing me off course today no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly how it felt this whole interaction that an appeal seems to be having with miles is like a series of acts. He then recounts a direct message that he, she writes, a 28-year-old actor still trying to find his place in his profession, sent to five-time NBA champion Kobe Bryant over Twitter. Kobe, he wrote, watched your Showtime documentary, really related to what you're talking about and striving for greatness and how it can oftentimes be an isolated journey and how relationships can be a weakness in a way if you're really going out after it. So this is hilarious on a number of reasons. Did he pull up his phone to read this quote, this direct message quote out to her? Like for, question number one. Mm-hmm. Two, does he not realize how close this is to his character and whiplash and how it imitates the actual script? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both really valid questions, <laughs> both really important questions. And I don't know, I don't know the answer to all of them. I wouldn't presume to know the answer to either of those, but all astounding. To think this is something worthy to share with a reporter for one. Yeah. I also want to echo just how relevant this specific moment is at this point in time, because recently his monologue from Whiplash has gone viral on TikTok, which is when, do you know the videos? Yeah. Where it's like, he's breaking up with you, but you're too busy, like eating your delicious mac and cheese that you handcrafted from artisanal parmesan. Like, it's like that. Because the the monologue is like, this is why I don't think that we should be together. And I've thought about it a lot. And this is what's going to happen. Okay. I'm going to keep pursuing what I'm pursuing. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take more and more of my time. And I'm not going to be able to spend so much time with you. Like, this is the monologue. And he is literally reciting it. Yeah. Paraphrasing it. And Kobe Bryant's DMs. Which this is especially interesting because at the time of this profile, he is like dating casually. It seems a model, like has a model girlfriend who he is still married to. So he was able to make it work. Clearly. Even through his pursuit of greatness. Through the casting of Top Gun, the remake, the reboot. 
It's so true. But I mean, this is the whole point. And we're getting to the crux of the profile pretty quickly in that he says he wants to contribute a body of acting to the world. And then he said, and then she writes, shit, he can't find the term cachet, catalog, canon, whatever. You know what he means. He thinks he has something to offer. (laughs) She continues. So yeah, he is kind of a dick. But the thing is, you agree with him. His admittedly limited body of work so far, his oeuvre, a word you define and spell for him. So who's the dick now? I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a little, it's a wink. It's a wink at us. For sure. It's pretty great. So basically she writes, in between Whiplash and Fantastic Four, he's coming off like a series of stupid, easy, fun movies in which he plays characters who do things like tell the waitress that highball glasses are based on his dick. (laughs) not all of them are winners she writes but they allowed him to show his thing his tellurian essence by talking faster and drinking more and seemingly giving fewer shits and inhaling more of the oxygen in the room than anyone else this is what i think i mean by big it is the someone that like Mm. takes all the oxygen out of a room and i've known some men like this who like their presence is just huge and it's sort of like a look at me (laughs) look at me and and I'm not talking about weight. I'm not, I'm not talking about fat men. No one is thinking that. <laughs> not a soul. I mean, I thought I saw you giggle. No. And I said, what if she thinks I'm body shaming? Me. Cancelled. You've been very harsh recently. Oh, my On the God. aesthetics. Oh, as we my well God. Know. <laughs> as we well know. Suddenly, she's a gorgeous bride. Yeah, she's I, ready to take down everyone else. If you're not willing to look amazing, then don't walk across my way. It only took five years, but Ali got to you. I know. Finally. Finally, it gets me. It gets everyone in the end. The city. <laughs> um, but no, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. And I think every man I've known like this has been somehow associated with film. <laughs> I one. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yes. 100%. This type of man is the reason I left my film degree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I full pivot. Honestly, actually, I don't want to even limit it to that. It's like writers. It's a ton of creative men mm-hmm. turn out this way. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate because I don't think it's it's needed necessarily to no. be like this. No, no, no. It's like it truly is a symptom of the disease. And it would be one thing if I, I don't understand it. I think that it is to... The reason that he's frustrating in this profile is the mix of blind confidence and dullness. And it's always those two together where he's talking in the next little section about how he is did well in his hometown. And I just I think I, I always with find women, it yeah. with women. I always think it's dull when uh, men decide that sleeping with women is a personality trait. It's sort of like this is not you know that everyone does this. Yeah, I think in this like sense, he's referring to kind of the caliber of women and the fact that he is not traditionally good looking. Actually, let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So after the waitress leaves, shrugging off his comment about the highball glass, you ask him about his hair and you think, why on earth is she asking him about his hair? His hair is totally normal yeah. and pretty average. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's brought up how nice it, how nice his hair is in more than one interview. It's a little defensive, like maybe he's making up for not being the best looking or sometimes even the third best looking, (laughs) even the third best looking guy in any given movie he's in. He says, I was thinking about that today, how I probably think I'm better looking than the public thinks I am. He says with a laugh, 
Like it's funny that he's willed himself into a higher tier of male beauty through limitless confidence. I was just in one of these forums about a film I did. And it's like, this dude is so ugly. How does he get fucking parts? Others saying, well, he's not like traditionally handsome, but... And then he goes, and that's kind of what it is. Maybe it's because I came from a small town, but I always did well for myself. Okay. When you're a teen woman... A teen woman. A teen Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. When you're a teen girl, confidence makes up probably 70% of the attractiveness scale. That's true. That's you very can, true. You can show up giving Gollum and you, if you're, if you have the confidence of a young Kanye West, someone's going to get with you. Yeah. And I guess I saw this in the flesh because I went to a performing arts high school where men were very, very small population. And yeah. all of those guys, they were not bringing looks. They were bringing confidence and it worked. We all, every time. like moths to a flame. I think it is primal in the sense of when there's confidence, it's like you could face a predator or an enemy and come out unscathed. You could protect me. That's when it really kicks into gear. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. And also there's an element of you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. I think it's why I've been watching a lot of Love Island recently and they all talk about how they need someone that's going to handle them or like take them down a peg. And it seems like what they're all looking for is a very confident man that knows what he wants. I think you've you've just hit on the money. You come in with a slicked back hairstyle and an open shirt and very skinny little calves Mm -hmm. and you're still cleaning up yeah on that show white jeans yeah and some of the hottest guys are the ones that have no confidence yes and they never come out on top no or they fumble it every time they like get nervous or they're like i don't want to lead her on you're watching the season with demi in india correct no oh i'm watching the season with faye season seven (gasps) faye and teddy faye what? I don't, haven't met Teddy oh, yet. Haven't oh, met Teddy yet. Okay. Say no more. Say no, no, nothing more will be said. Lips are zipped. I'm excited though. But no, that is, that's a great season because that is a lot of, I mean, Faye is someone who has a lot of confidence. It, that does very not strong women. seem to cross over with looks. Yes. I would argue. I would argue that too. Yeah. So, I mean, Miles is clearly like very sure of himself in a lot of different ways and almost doesn't align with the fact that people don't think he's like the hottest thing since sliced bread. Because clearly he's been told much of his life that he is possibly attractive or at the very least sexually attractive by, mm-hmm. by women. This is when <laughs> Anna sits back. She's like, okay, I'm taking stock. It's very date-esque. She goes, the nose is crooked. The eyelids fleshy. Imagine being described as fleshy in any capacity. The, yeah. The chin soft. That one is, I think, the the real bullet wound. The chin soft, 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 soft chin. It's it's. She's completely right though. Yeah. If you were to look at a portrait of him, it's really she's it's bang soft. on. Yeah. The cheeks mottled with flush. I don't love the word mottled either. No. I mean, it's almost as if she thesaurused. Yeah. The most harsh, like technically not mean. No. But harsh, harsh. Yeah. Yeah. So you overhear someone saying about you mottled cheeks. You can't take that any which way, but yeah. you know it's not quite it's right. Fleshy eyelids. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you aren't saying ugly eyes. No. Just a fleshy eyelid. <laughs> An eyelid just bursting with flesh. You know that that's the surgery Matt Damon just had done. The blip. Allegedly. The blip. Blip. Yeah. Blip. 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 
blep the ages i've been calling silent. it a blep i'm like did you get a blep <laughs> <laughs> they remove skin from your eyelids totally as you know as you age skin sags and with that gravity comes a plastic surgeon yeah. to fix it so matt damon allegedly just had that procedure done but this is what she's describing fleshy eyelids his hair is good she admits it's thick, it's cowlicked and widow's peaked. He's tall and solidly muscled, overall appealingly attainable. A good looking guy who shouldn't know he's good looking, who should believe the commenters, except he dates a 22 year old model slash aspiring swimsuit designer slash professional girlfriend who thinks Teller is attractive enough to have permanently monogrammed her perfect ass with his initials. Confirmed. I've seen them. Have I you, looked it I up. I never saw it. I did. I looked up, like, I the things I had to search to find it. It was like, bikini, Miles Teller girlfriend bikini picture. And I found, I found the initials. But to that, she mm-hmm. has MT on her butt. But Miles also has her initials on him somewhere. Uh, yeah. Tip for tat. That feels, that feels right. Also, I want you to guess where they met. Oh. Or like how they met. Oh, what would be your guess? Oh, my God. You know how you can see mutual followers yeah. on Instagram? Guess who follows her? I'll give you one guess off the back of this conversation. Who would it be? Who would it be? Who would it be? Who's been mentioned in this profile already, in this podcast already? Oh my God. One Alexandra Hazelhurst. Oh, of course. The oh my God. The envy. friend follower. Yeah. Is Alexandra Hazelhurst. Of course. Following Miles Teller's girlfriend, Alex, really? <laughs> wow. It's like you have to keep up with your crushes partners yeah i feel the, the enemy of my crush. enemy is my friend exactly that's exactly <laughs> it so they're friends those two girls are friends yeah um what, uh, did, what did they mean yeah what, what, they mean? What, what what's your guess where would these two people encounter each other and like how would they have met uh okay tau um are you gonna like yes or no are you gonna, yeah like, close, close? A, par- a party a party uh like a hollywood hills party Okay, a party of a mutual friend, a famous person's Hollywood Hills yes, mansion party. Yeah, a, a band. A band, a band, a band. Uh, okay, think of the type of band. Not Maroon 5. No, but close. Okay. Not, not yeah. 2013. Uh, 2013, band. Band in 2013. Um, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> the Black Keys. They met at a Black <gasps> oh. Keys party in 2013, and he caught her, or she caught his eye from across the room. That's better than I thought. Yeah, 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 totally. That's better than I thought. Tao is way funnier, though. I wish I met everyone I loved at Tao. Oh, I I plan to. Yeah. <laughs> Our new friend group coming into the the new year. This relationship is a true placeholder until I meet my husband at Tao. At Tao. Totally. Have you ever been to Tao? I have not. <laughs> I really need to go. Can we go? I just went in Vegas. Oh my God. Was it is fun? Is that where we went? Tao? I think, I think it might have been. I'd like to get dressed to the nines. I want to do a smoky eye and a red lip and I'd like to go to Tao. You <laughs> shall have it. <laughs> Then your full LA evolution will be complete. Yeah. I push a girl down at Tao. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're coming off the back of the fact that she monogrammed her butt with his initials. Yeah. And that's frankly hot. Now, I'm not quite sure what she does. I think she sells like a spiked seltzer. Fun. And Fun girl. Basic athleisure, not yeah. literally. This is not an insult. It's called basics. I think uh-huh. it's like basic athleisure for men. Wow. Oh okay, God. for men, men's cool. athleisure. Whoa, which is a real gap in the market, as we know. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> That's not even a joke. I think there is a gap in the market. Yeah, I mean, my dad gets his Adidas tracksuits from Costco, so there has to be another way. He can for do men better to be an athleisure. He really should try 
B-Y-L-T Basics by Keely Tella. Kelly. Her name is pronounced Kelly. Why is it spelled key? It's like it's like that, like the photo, the like Lakeland, like Macklin, Lakeland, like pick my baby's name. Have you seen it? No. That's fine. It's like an it's an internet thing with all the like Lakeleys and the Yeah, but her name has a hundred letters and it's just Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. I'm famously offline. I don't know a Kelly from a Lakely. But we're about to get into like a deeper part of the profile. This is when it gets really real. So have you, had you noticed his scars? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I had wondered yeah. where they came from. It's interesting to see like a Hollywood leading man with like unexplained scars. Like he's not cast in the villain role that would obviously befit that kind of face. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, in 2007, he was a passenger in a car that lost control at 80 miles per hour, which is 130 kilometers per hour for the non-American listeners and flipped eight times. And so he has scars kind of all over his face from the crash. Um, he talks about it by saying basically in his junior year at NYU, um, a guy was driving his car when they got into the accident and he says it was an accident. I never blamed him. I got a lot of laser surgery on my face, like what they use for getting rid of tattoos. Very painful, but I never wanted him to feel bad. So I never made anything out of it ever. And then Anna kind of notices there's a shift here. Like he seems to be talking a little bit louder, a little bit faster. He is like blushing a little bit and he says, but I mean, if I was in his position, I'd be like, hey, man, do you need a Gatorade or anything? I'm just running out. Or like, you need any meds? I didn't hold that against him. No big deal. But I was racking up all these medical bills. So we had to sue his insurance because he was driving, which again, for non-American listeners, when something happens to you that's at the fault of someone else, you sue their insurance to cover your needs because universal health care does not exist in this country. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's like, yeah, it's not like I was suing him. I was suing his insurance. And he comes to me and goes, Miles, I don't know if we can be friends when my parents' insurance premiums are going to go up. So obviously when you log an accident, your premiums go up. He, she, he, Miles said, I just sat with it for like 24 hours. And after that, I was like, man, fuck you. I've never made you feel bad about this. For you to make me feel guilty and make me feel like you're the victim here, that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I do feel bad same it's like terrible and he all of his friends from college were lost due to this accident like he's not close with any of them as a result of like this tear in the friend group completely i think what ended up what ended up happening is that all his friend groups started like flatting rooming with this kid and he just kind of got left in the dust a little bit which makes it even sadder that then he actually did lose two friends like a year later in car accidents. Yeah, this feels crazy. Yeah. So one year later, two of Tala's best friends died in car accidents five weeks apart. What were Sick. these kids doing? Like, I don't know. Too fast, too furious, like drag racing. Especially like in NYU. I'm like, who actually Where has a car in New York? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's no there's no context, there's no backstory. But no. he obviously then goes on to shoot Rabbit Hole after graduating college. And that is also a movie about a, grief. A grief. And was it a kid who was killed in a car crash? I don't know it? if it was a car crash. I know that yeah, Teller Miles's character kills it must have been a Nicole Kidman's child. Yeah, Nicole child. Kidman's child and Aaron Hart's child. And it's like really devastating. So Mal says, I was in hospital when they pulled the plug on one of my friends. Like, I know what it feels like to hug a mother the day she loses her son. And then he says, 
like basically the director told him to use that in the scene and was like, I want you to think about your friend. Miles goes, I didn't want to do it. And I still think you shouldn't use acting as therapy. That was the closest I ever got to that, which I agree with. Yeah, I also think that 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 is the first time in this whole profile we see something vaguely self-reflective or likable, likable about him. I think that that's a great viewpoint. And I think that many Jared Leto's out there screw that up all the time. Yeah, especially I think he studied under Lee Strasberg's Institute, very famous for teaching the likes of James Dean and Marilyn Monroe. And as of re- as of recently, uh, Jeremy Strong. Um, right? Or maybe I'm so. maybe I'm overstepping here, but he was like he studied method acting, um, and like in this institute, and it's like he really didn't take that with him, which I appreciate and respect because, as we know, method acting is for the few and should not be allowed. No, it's so <laughs> should it's, be illegal. It's a, lot. it's a lot. Should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> role playing for months on end. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he has spent a lot of time thinking about great actors, many mm-hmm. of whom go method. He goes into an animated rant about Leo and Bradley and Jake Gyllenhaal and Vince Vaughn and how it's almost impossible to win an Academy Award as a man under 30. Mm. <laughs> That's so heartbreaking. And it's hard for me to even yeah. comprehend that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And Tom Hanks and Ryan Gosling and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jeff Bridges, Dustin Hoffman. He's really, he really hits them all. He loves them all. And then all the boys, all the boys, all the boys. All the boys. <laughs> if you can see me right now, I am. Yeah. The side click hand shake where you just go like, mm-hmm. bah, bah, and bah. I'm carving the S into Beatrice's dining room table. <laughs> We're in. We're in for the boys. Just the boys stuff. Just yeah. boys, girls. He goes, but I'm really homing in on the dramatic performance right now. And that's probably Christian Bale or Wak. How do you spell Wak, Ivana? J-O-A-Q. Of course we're talking about Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. To which Anna responds in an aside, oh, for fuck's sake, Wak? (laughs) (laughs) But she, you know, she brings it back around. She says, okay, the work's important. He Mm -hmm. earned 5K for Rabbit Hole. That does feel criminal. That's not a lot. I know. 7,000 for The Spectacular Now, 8,000 for Whiplash. All small independent films. If he wanted to make any kind of living on those movies, he says he'd have to do 10 a year. But turns out there's no need. He's in a different realm now. Fantastic Four was a huge character departure for him, he says from like i don't know the awkward moment or anything that he'd done before and then he waves off the notion that the appeal of the role was purely financial then he goes so was divergent <laughs> two massive blockbuster movies for which he'd be getting paid quite a lot of money yeah we move now to damon chazelle <sighs> this is interesting this is some this gossip i did not know is I did gossip not know. i didn't know yeah so Damien Giselle really, the director, really broke out with Whiplash. Like Whiplash was, a, he got a kind of a carte blanche after this, right? Like Hollywood was like, oh my God, this young kid is a genius. And um, and he really had the classic trajectory of he made Whiplash as a short, got it made into a feature, and then was like a first time nominee for Best Picture off the back of this one movie, which is nuts. Everyone's dream. Everyone that I know who works in the film industry, it's like, this is how it happens, right? Yes. Everyone wants to be Damien. So... Damien then went on to write, I think he wrote it, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Teller gets a little nervous for telling the story. 
he's tearing his dinner roll to shreds and he's claiming that he doesn't really know what happened. Um, but he's like, whatever, these are just the facts. He explains that he almost passed up the chance to be in arms and the dudes. <laughs> Not familiar. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, because it would have conflicted with La La Land. He basically was offered the part by Damien Chazelle off the back of his starring role in Whiplash. A part that would go on to belong to one Ryan Gosling. He got a call from his agent saying, hey, I just heard from Lionsgate. Damien told them he no longer thinks you're creatively right for the project. He's moving on without you. Miles responded by sending Damien a text. What the fuck, bruh? I'd love to know what Damien responded. This is the thing. I wonder why we don't and yeah. why there's no reference to the fact that we don't. Because I, I actually wanted to ask you this question. She moves on so quickly after this. There's mm-hmm. no reference to what Damien might have responded. Yeah, what what Miles' like f- final takeaway was from all this. I don't know. It's just we move on quickly. Yeah, I think definitely because he was nervous. Oh, for and- sure. Maybe he was like upset. I feel like also it was like probably right after that. It's like, and then off the record, it went straight off the record. That, or I wondered if a publicist stepped in, stepped in. Of course. Of course. I don't think that Miles Teller should have been that part. That movie already. I don't know if you've watched it recently. He's a great dancer though. He would have been good. Oh, true. I feel almost Ryan was too attractive for that part. That's how I felt. Mm, I can see that. I just don't think Miles is likable enough. No, there was so yeah. like that part was already kind of a dick. Yeah. And I think to put someone that's good at being a dick in that part, it would have just been like unredeemable. Totally. And not fun to watch. That's the thing about old Gauzy Gauze is he's goddamn likable, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Even when he's acting strangely or awfully or being like very frustrating, you're still like, but he means well. And yeah. I don't know if anyone thinks Mal Teller means well. No, he do- he doesn't give that. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, and speaking of meaning well, we jump right into his biggest scandal at the time. So this was, we talked about off record before recording, <laughs> because it feels so insane that this made national, maybe even international headlines. <laughs> Miles Teller was filmed dancing at a wine festival, Bottle Rock Napa Valley Music and Wine Festival. Uh, and the clip made TMZ and was circulated in a way that would imply it was like Watergate. Yeah, it's like a meltdown occurred at the Napa Valley Festival. Uh, Monica Lewinsky, Speck, yeah. Britney Spears shaving her head, Speck. Like this is really the, what the response was. TMZ were in the newsroom filming themselves going off about saying, you know, what's his name? Harvey Levin being yeah. like, D- w- who got the clip? W- where was this place? <laughs> oh, it was the Bottle Rock Napa Valley Mine Festival. <laughs> like people just took it so seriously. Um, in the video, he is performing like a solo line dance with intricate footwork. And she describes it as purposeful lawn crossing, Mick Jagger strutting. There's a shirt toss and catch. It's hard not to assume powerful hallucinogens were involved in its choreography. I I mean, it really is just a video of him dancing in the grass, <laughs> which I've done myself. We've all I done. did last night and I was not on hallucinogens. We've done under the influence of a lot less yeah. than, than wine yeah. or anything stronger. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he deserved. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm reading ahead. And oh, his yeah. response to this, 
I didn't say this in the show. Oh, yeah. So his quote is, I don't give a shit. Then she writes, he says, comma, tough guy. It's tough too guy. fun. It's too fun. She's so mean to him. It's fabulous. I don't give a shit, he says, tough guy. <laughs> I can either censor myself or not, and you're always trying to figure it out. It's how do you deal with the paparazzi? Do you not do what you would do? Do you do you not do what you would do? Do you live your life with all these filters and senses because everyone has a camera? Or do you fucking dance how you would dance and have people say, oh, he's on drugs. I was drinking and I was at a fucking Brett Denon fucking concert. <laughs> the two fuckings. It's the back to back fucking. Yeah. I don't know who Brett Denon is. But I don't either. Frankly, he sounds like a good time. Yeah. And I would love to attend. I would love to attend. <laughs> once, love- once we're really good at line dancing, we'll go. Yeah. Oh, we'll go see Brett live. Just you wait. <laughs> us at stagecoast next year absolutely tearing it up oh my god be fun. the most drama happens at stagecoach you know this i didn't know this all the bachelor universe drama goes down at stagecoach have you oh. ever seen bachelor in paradise no i haven't that's the best show to ever grace abc or any television network in the history of time i'm ready i, I actually i have made a pact that i'm i'm I've been away for too long. I have to join the Bachelor universe. So I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Which hey, but you still watch Bachelor in Paradise? I watch Bachelor in Paradise not knowing a single character, not knowing who anyone was. It's total carnage. Oh. It's one of the only shows they're allowed to drink. Yes. So they go. They go wild. Off. Yeah. God. And then they all show up because it films in, I think, May or June. It's fresh off Stagecoach in April. Wow. So they go. Yeah. And I saw him with Keely. At Stagecoach. <laughs> and then he's coming up here talking to Amber. How dare you? Do you not think we know who you are? <laughs> That's oh, the vibe. We have to be there. Oh, we my have gosh. to be there. I would go on The Bachelor just to get cast on Bachelor in Paradise. And I know that's what they do. No, we've talked about how you would do very well on one of these shows. Oh, I don't think so. No, I do. I do. Me and Steven privately had a conversation about how we were like, Beatrice would kill it. Like, we wouldn't be it. Like, there are certain people in our lives where it's like, no, like, their role, it's clear. Like, they would do well. They- we did have this conversation yes. about Love Island. Yeah, Love we Island. We were together. Yeah. No, you would be able, you would run the game. But you're still a girl's girl. That's the thing. It's like, you would be the one that they'd be like, oh, no. Like, you know, she's coming into the house. But then it's like, surprise. I'm here. I'm going to do all your hair tonight. And you're going to love me even when I take your man. Oh, my God. That's the biggest compliment I've ever could have received. I mean it. I really I'm do. I've thought a lot about this. Tattooing it on my body. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> she's the girl's girl. Yeah, she's the, the girl. And then she comes man. into the house and then she does all your hair and you have to love her even when. <laughs> it's just one of those Megan Fox paragraphs. A girl's my shoulder blade. I love those. I love when a girlie has those. <laughs> totally indecipherable, but yeah. it means so much. Yeah. That's Thank you so much. I'm really going to take that to heart. It's going to be right up there with fairy energy for me. Yeah. And I'm going to hold onto it close. And we the, have learned a lot about ourselves. Night. Oh my God. A lot in the yeah. past week. We've learned a lot about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, you never said what your psychic told you. Oh my God. My psychic. Um, I mean, she told me a lot about like my creative purpose and how it will heal like the generations of women that came before me, which was lovely. Cause it's like always a worry, you know, when you put personal work out there, it's like, how will it all go? But I do have like this, I do have this intense, like, not a pressure, but just like a responsibility because my grandma was a writer who like never got to live out a career instead worked at a bank and like she wrote poetry on the side and like was never able to pursue it. And so it's like, I'm very much living her dream right now. Mm. And she gave up everything so that I could do it. So it's sort of, it's not a pressure. It is just like a, like a, 
you feel a responsibility a responsibility like a really like it's like a very sacred thing that she like gave to me and that I, it feels like a little relay race that I'm like running now. It's her. a gift. Yeah. yeah. She, I, I mean, she gave me my first journal wow. and was like, right. Why don't you write? Like, why don't you just write everything you think? And that's like absolutely why I'm doing it today. That's so powerful. Yeah. So she talked a lot about all the women and like the, the traumas and the healing and how I could play a role in that, which was very special. That is special. It doesn't compare to fairy energy, but it's close. No. She saw Holly though. She said, I see a dog. And I said, I have one. Oh. I have one. I have one. Wow. I know. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back to it. Back, back to tough guy. Over I know. Here. Um, she writes, you wonder how much he really doesn't give a shit because it kind of seems like no one gives more of a shit about what he does enough that, yeah, he has to be kind of be a dick about it. And how can you not like that? This is nice. This is when she's throwing him a bone. Yeah. Because you cannot publish this profile without a bone. Totally. It's so rough that you have to be like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's a lovable one. Yeah. And that's what she's doing right here. They are leaving the restaurant, like getting into an Uber. I guess at the time, this is mid Uber's sexual assault class action lawsuit where there was like a lot of nefarious stuff going on in Ubers with Uber drivers and passengers. Um he she i guess she relays this to him and he says he's requesting a do not rape service hate hate it hate it and he also uses the time to say that he really doesn't want to be an uber driver which i yeah sure okay yeah uh so they're hugging he's leaving and then he's back to his career one last time he goes it's hard to get to the right position to be someone who is commercially successful and critically acclaimed that's the sweet spot she writes he gives you a hug and goes off to contribute to the cachet. The cash? The cachet. I really struggle with cachet. Cash. Cash. Oh. <laughs> the cash. <laughs> yeah, the cash. Never mind. This is what is this is what happens when we're alive. I know. All of that would have been left on the cutting of course, room floor. But no, now you you're hearing. Now we're all learning together. And that's not a crime. And I don't know if we are learning. I think we're pondering, <laughs> yeah. we're wondering, and we are settling on nothing. But he gives you a hug. He goes off to contribute to the cachet or catalog or canon or whatever the fuck you call it. She writes, and charm the world with his dickishness. I mean, <laughs> wow. We're, I mean, we're left with a lot to think about. What are you left with? I can only imagine what was left on the, speaking of cutting room floor, what was left on the cutting room floor as she wrote this profile. I feel like you come back from this lunch, this dinner with Miles Teller and I feel like you are enraged at that point that you have to do this, that you have to write something because why should you? No, it reminds me a lot of what Sam, one of our previous guests, Sam Leach said about how when you're mid interview and someone says something and you're like, holy shit, I've got the intro yeah. or I've got the lead. This was what this was. He, Any number of these quotes, she's sitting there rubbing her temples and being like, this guy is a fucking dick. Yeah. And that is what this profile it communicates. Yeah. And that is the magic. She had to tell us this. We had to know. And I think a lot of other people would have been too afraid because this is a rising star. It's a man. There's a real power dynamic there mm-hmm. when you're going in and sitting down with a rising man star. And I really commend. It's brave. It's brave. And it's funny. She I'm sure this was hard to write, but it doesn't show because she does have fun with it. The like the walk, 
Yeah. There are so many lines. Tough, tough guy. Tough guy. It's funny. <laughs> For fuck's sake, walk is funny. Yeah, and walk. I, and I, I, well, I, I interpreted that as W-A-L-K, walk. And I was like, when was he walking? But you meant walk. Walk. Walking. I meant walking. Yep. Walking. So I just think that she did what she had to do here. Well, he wasn't happy, Ivana. I, okay, I'm hearing this live. I didn't want to look up his response. Tell me how it went. That's special. I actually tried to not look him up at all outside of this profile. I really wanted to come into it as if I'm learning about this man for the very first time. Totally. And I just realized I couldn't do that. I needed context pretty much at every turn as to kind of color out her portrait and really understand how someone is this way. But yeah, he wasn't happy. So he tweeted in response. Happens rarely. Happens rarely. Yeah. Where they will actively read their own press and respond to it. And honestly, who else would read their own press quite like Malstellan? <laughs> quite like the guy in this article. So it started here. He tweeted. He responded to the Esquire tweet. He said, at Esquire, you couldn't be more wrong. I don't think there's anything cool or entertaining about being a dick or an asshole. Very misrepresenting. It doesn't stop here. I didn't think it would. Miles Teller's fantastic four co-stars, including Michael P. Jordan, Kate Mara, and Jamie Bell, also took to Twitter to defend him. Michael P. Jordan said, at Miles Teller is my boy, and I'm a great judge of character. Honestly, I believe him. Love that guy. Imagine saying that about yourself. I'm a great judge of character, and that is... That's my boy. That's my boy. Um, Kate Mara said he is crazy talented and a truly fantastic person. Jamie Bell wrote that he's a great actor and a great guy. Okay. Yeah, same. Fantastic Four then opened over the weekend to poor reviews and a lackluster $26.2 million at the domestic box office. Um, it was just a, a kind of a shit show because he really didn't stop talking about it. It Bad seems month. for a long time. Yeah, he then had, did an interview with Vulture and said, I can't put much weight into whether or not the public likes me because the most important thing is that as an actor, I can truly say there's not a single director or actor who I've worked with who you'd have a bad who'd have a bad thing to say about me. I've never missed a day of work. I've never not known a line, so I feel good about where I am. The actor said the profile did prompt some soul searching. If you really let that kind of thing get to you, man, it'll get stuck in your head, he said. I mean, I, I relate to this with Boastful. It mm -hmm. echoed around my head for six months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should I say, explain the backstory? Do we? We know what. We, we know, know it well. We know, we know it. We know it well. Uh, and you're not that. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, what I am is the girl who comes into Love Island yeah. and says, so take your man, but is braving you. the hands and is braiding the hair at the end of the night. Thank you so much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but when I put my head in my pillow at night, I wouldn't be able to sleep if I honestly felt like I was behaving like an asshole to people. I know who I am and it's not who I was in that story. Uh, he also talked about the fact that like he never, 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 three nevers, uh, takes parts just for money, but it is okay to do something bigger budget that lets you pay off student loans or pay off your parents' mortgage, he said. There's a human side to show business that people at home don't think about. If I did a role that my uncle's quadriplegic, and if I did a role that meant I could buy him a handicap van or I could take my grandparents to Ireland, I could go to bed <laughs> at night just fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's like of Polish descent. I'm not sure where Ireland comes into it. Uh, Teller. 
tell maybe so i thought he was like polish russian yeah but yeah that's his that's his response um obviously now he's doing just fine yeah he starred in the i bet you think about me music video by taylor swift uh in which she reprised her southern accent if you remember well oh my god and is coming off top gun for which he was personally invited by Tom Cruise and kind of like convinced to do it because he didn't want to do it because he thought it would lead to too much fame and success. And Tom was like, you got to do this. You're perfect. Wow. So that's that, dude. That's Miles Teller. I mean, like, I guess there is a possibility that he's never been mean to anyone except for Anna Peel on this one random day, but... And I don't think he is mean, and I think yeah. that this is maybe his misconception of this profile. At no point does he come off... As mean? Or, no. Or like a bad guy. Yeah. He just seems like the guy you're going to date with and you roll your eyes the entire time. Totally. Totally. Which I feel like maybe to him is actually more insulting. She, he makes, <laughs> she makes this one comment about how their meals arrive and she gets the pork belly and she's like, do you want to try some? And he goes, yeah, like I'll have a little bit, but like, I find it really hard to chew. And she's like, I think you can handle this. And he's cutting the pork belly. It's really hard to cut. And he basically is like, it's can just, you cut it? Yeah, can you cut it? And it's such an ick for her because yeah. she was like, literally two minutes ago, you were showing me your lap muscles in a selfie kind of thing. So this is the kind of a vibe. You're just like, I am on a date with this guy who is possibly the worst. He's not a bad person, but he may be the worst. Yeah. And this is it, really. I think you're completely right. I think she was icked out more than she was actually rageful totally or offended by any of this. It's like she's a grown woman who carries herself and has had great success as a talented writer. And she's just forced to sit across from this gross little guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. I and again I don't even want to say gross like I yeah think not gross a, not gross he's a he's just I think he's maybe just a little cutie like he's yeah. just and it's funny that you know off the adversity he has had obviously a quadriplegic uncle isn't easy and then the car crash mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem to be totally evolved in this moment no yeah. a young 28 a young 28 a young 28. Sure. a young 28 but I do I guess maybe I do believe him I don't I mean if he's conducted himself well on set, that is this that you know that's a legacy that makes a legacy. If you're kind to your co-stars and co-workers and directors, and I'm curious to see what will come of him because I mm. put him in a, what? Okay, who are the other Miles Tellers? Because I feel like Ansel Elgort was yes. like a similar vein, also but, divergent, also divergent, but but someone that people do not have good things to say no, about. Not a, not a soul. Not a soul has a good thing to say. Mm-mm. So that's different. We do have to compare that you can be sort of a hunk, a talented hunk, and you can go one of two ways. Agreed. And I think probably now he's a really good guy. Yeah. Like he seems, it's very dad energy to look at him online now. He just seems like, I'm going to show you this photo. It's I'd very like, like it. it's a 4th of July photo from Keely Kelly. Oh, yeah. He's just like, a, oh, he's a good little pattern short. Yeah. Standing by a lake, you know, it's just a nice guy. It's probably just a good guy. He reminds me oh of a my guy. God, is that Nina Dobrev? Who? That's Nina Dobrev. Oh, wow. And Sean White. Oh, couple friends. That. Couples. Just couples friends. Team America. Yeah. He just reminds me of a guy who would live in San Diego. Totally. And I like a lot of the guys who live in San Diego. Yeah. 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 No, completely. 
completely yeah, maybe even less introspective than that honestly but you know it's all it's all good it's all gravy to be miles teller i yeah i i'd be interested to to do a a redo interview him now at this point yeah. in time i mean he's 36 mm, i like i don't know where we talked about it but the idea of a 10-year check-in check-in you profile someone him at 28 versus him at 38 yeah i feel like that would be a, and i would love anna peel to write it Oh my God. She should. I feel like everyone should. That should just be the rule. It's like if you've profiled someone big, find them again in 10 years and profile them again. Yeah. Where did we see that? I think it was Jessica Presler and Channing Tatum. They yes, did a five-year pop profile. No, 10. 10, 10 I think. It was 10? Yeah, because Step oh. Up 2003 and then 2013 was the... No, I think it was 2012 and 2022. You're right. It was like that was super it. That recent. was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which is so fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really, really cool. I would love, I would love, I would love to do that. Yeah. I think that should be implemented as a rule. I agree. But yeah, no, I, I, you know, I didn't come off this hating him. It was the whole thing was just one big like lol. It, yeah, it was a big lol. It was a big lol. And I hope, I hope you've lolled today with us. Oh my God. That's all we can ask for is frankly an yeah. LOL here and there. And I need to watch that video with him. The Taylor video. I don't know if I've seen that. Ugh. Is it good? It's right here. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, I do. Let's, okay. We're going to watch it live. Because I think he talks. Oh, he talks? Yeah, yeah, Oh, it's yeah. like the, I, I like the all too well. I will never forget the first time that I met you. Oh. I thought, wowza, that is the most beautiful girl in the Right. the sweetest eyes, the softest smile. 3 a.m. Oh, she's, oh, oh, copyright, oh, oh copyright, 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 stop. Yeah, <laughs> and she will take us down, the yeah. most powerful oh legal my God, team in no, the world. Oh, my God, no, of course. It doesn't matter that we were at her show. Yeah, destroy I our mean, lives. <laughs> do we do we speak to that the heiress tour at all? I just, I mean, it was wow, what it was, like wow, wow. wow. We yeah. we opened the season, so it feels close to my heart. We opened the season with Taylor, of course we did. Wow, and I know. And so it really felt like a full circle moment. And then also to open open this season of the show, talking about the 1989 tour and the wildness of her live performances. And I watched the documentary, and I remember thinking, wow, that that, that would be so special to witness but i don't know how i could and then of course she goes our, ahead and announces yeah the 1989 re-record i know and we end up at her show unexpectedly yeah thanks to sheila thank you sheila yeah thank you to our beautiful publicist friends <laughs> yeah. who take us places at last minute we love you and appreciate you i know yeah but no that's that's bang on i mean it was so it was so unbelievably impressive i was so i was shocked moved. by her vocal capacity running up and down stage and still able to pitch perfect hold a note i really didn't give her that much credit before i must admit so i like absolutely loved it and and it was fun all the set design when on earth did she pee it's all i can think about oh it was almost three and a half hours when did she pee i i I thought about it on the ride home (gasps) i thought about it when I she was not gone for more than do you think it's like Like on a schedule yeah two maybe two minutes maybe two minutes she was gone at any given point and that happened what like twice Mm mm-hmm Oh my god, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I, maybe she doesn't need to pee. That's true. I was thinking about how the much adrenaline she would yeah consume. Yeah, and like burn off almost. Yeah, for sure. Sweat. Yeah. You did love how her hair went from straight to progressive. I curly. loved it. I loved it. Yeah, because this- I hate to point out, I did say is that perhaps a, a strategic move. I think it is, especially because if you look at the way that the show, it was like she started so perfect in her little thing and then she sort of gets loose and she's on the piano doing the folklore songs more and more undone more and more undone until it ends on like a a big party 
midnights, you know, yeah, out with your friends in New York City. Totally. And I think it's important to note that as someone of those means, you can really formaldehyde the shit out of your hair. So oh, it yeah. Stays yeah. Perfectly straight the entire time. Or, I mean, keratin. There are many different modes and, and methods. She's chosen not to do them. She's chosen. And I think that is interesting. I agree. That's something to think about. I hate to call it calculated. It won't be us. It won't be us to say No, it. no, no, no. But my God. She does not take kindly to I, that. No. As we discovered in the profile yeah. we did of her. Yeah. yeah. I've been reading a lot of her and Carly Kloss theories. Oh. Very interesting. Very interesting. Anything to report? Just that she was pulled down from the, like she was in the, rafters with you know all the public and then got pulled down to the vip section <gasps> so, like security came and escorted her down so taylor was aware of her presence in some <gasps> way or someone on taylor's team was aware of her presence and she got like they were like come with us to the vip booth so she bought like a 175 dollar ticket yeah was up in like the 300s nosebleed section and then vip came came and, and her got down. her came and got her that is very interesting about him and then there are videos of taylor like looking up into the rafters at a point that people were like there is no way we can say this was an accident. Whoa. I know. And I don't know. I didn't realize that there was a disillusion there, but it seems. Yeah. I think the the takeaway or the main, you know, reason behind everyone that was just fueling everyone's belief that they were girlfriends was how do you have a friendship that that's that close and then dissolves that rapidly. Totally. Like to a point where it's not like, oh, I'm I'm seeing you every so often, but our lives have gone different directions. It was like there was a blow up here. And what kind of blow up would be big enough if it wasn't like romantically fueled? And I mean, I, I've gone pretty deep. I'm I'm red I'm red yarn on the wall deep in terms of Carly Kloss convincing Taylor not to move to London, to stay in New York. She got the Cornelia Street apartment. They were basically neighbors mm. and they were like photographed constantly outside of each other's houses. Carly had like a designated bedroom in Taylor's house. And I don't know. I don't know. Please write in if you know more because I'm fascinated by this. But I agree. I think the disillusion is this. this the key is there. The secret's there. We want all the secrets. We need them. We need them. Oh, they fuel us at night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, I've absolutely loved this this trip down memory lane. To yeah, twenty fifteen. It's been a fun one. It's been a fun one. White and gold, blue or black, Miles Teller or Ansel Elgort. Yeah, those were the big questions plaguing us at the time. If only we knew then what we know now. I know <laughs> <laughs> what was coming. Islands on fire. <laughs> stop, stop! 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 It's not funny. It's, no, it's terrible. It's a it's tragedy. not funny. No, it's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. No. Anyway, I love you. We love you. I'm always happy to be here with you. I was talking about you, but you were talking about you, listener. I was talking about you, Ivana. I'm talking about you, Beatrice. Okay. Thanks. I don't know the listeners. <laughs> I don't care for them. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Yeah. But I care for you most. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Oh, to next week. To next we week. Go. Cheers. Love you. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.